Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian e. Gomez Palacio, and welcome to episode three of The Follow-Up. This week, we're following up on the new logo for the athletics team of University of California Santa Cruz, known as the Banana Slugs. Yes, that is correct. The Banana Slugs. Competing in Division Three of the NCAA, they may not be as famous as the athletic teams of, say, Duke or Clemson, or even our local IU Hoosiers, but their mascot is in a league of its own because, well, it's a banana slug. The project, designed by Florham Park, New Jersey-based Sky Design Studios, was posted on Brand New on June 16. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast003. That is bit dot ly slash bnpodcast003, all in lowercase. This week, we are joined by Sky Dillon, founder of Sky Design Studios, by Sue Harriman, Director of Athletics and Recreation at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And briefly, as he had to leave Medway through the session, Clint Angus, Associate Director for Athletics and Recreation at UC Santa Cruz. In this conversation, we go in-depth about the team's decision to do the design process not just in the open, but completely driven by the community's input and how Sky Design adapted their process to the challenge. We also wax poetic a lot about the banana slug itself and how difficult it was to translate its minimal physical traits into a confident, vibrant, and dynamic logo. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Sky, Sue, and Clint. Welcome everyone to the follow-up. Uh, we have a big cast of characters this time, so if you don't mind just quickly introducing who's, who you are, what your, uh, your name is, and your title, so that our listeners can know who is talking. My name is Sky Dillon. I'm the founder of Sky Design Studios, and we are a national leader in branding, primarily focused on sport-related properties. My name is Clint Angus, uh, Associate Director for Athletics and Recreation at UC Santa Cruz. I've uh, been with the university about four and a half years. And hi, I'm Sue Harriman. I'm the Director of Athletics and Recreation at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Wonderful. So we're, we're going to start with you, Sue. So you posted, not you personally, but UC Santa Cruz posted a delightful 17-minute long video about the, all, about the overall process of the redesign of the banana slugs. And in that video that tells the story of the redesign, you mentioned that reimagining the slug was one of the first things that you wanted to do when you joined UC Santa Cruz in 2017. How did you kickstart the process internally? Well, I, I joined in uh, January of 2018, and the first thing I did was go to the NCAA convention. And while I was there, I was with two colleagues, one who had been at the university for a number of years, and the other one had been there for just a month. And so as we got to know each other, I was familiar with the banana slug, I asked hey, I noticed that there's no trademark or registered mark. Is the banana slug, you know, protected or used, or the strong slug that we have? And they looked at me in bewilderment, and I, it was immediate. I, I remember what booth and restaurant. I remembered going, holy cow, 
we have this opportunity to redesign, reimagine, and to trademark, uh, to utilize, and to monetize this brand. And then after that, you know, I got back to the job and it was like, holy cow. But in the back of my mind, I continually saw the need that we, we had to do this. Uh, years ago, probably 11 or 12 or somewhere around there, I was at Bates College and suggested, became a director of um, athletic fundraising and we needed to do something with uh, the current Bobcat design. And so I was part of a committee and the committee hired Sky uh, Dillon to do the redesign. So I was fortunate enough to be able to go through the process. So I had a general idea of what it entailed. And I knew after a couple of weeks and uh, we weren't going to do it that way. We needed to do it, but we needed to do it differently. And being at a state university, we needed to look at what other people were doing and how other people came to it and what other companies were out there. And, uh, and then it proceeded from there. I started talking to some of my colleagues about it. And uh, we spent the next year finding Sky Desi- Sky Dillon and Sky Designs. And were you, when you started to, talking to other people about the need for trademarking this character and doing something more to build out that identity, were you, was this uh, impetus of yours met with glee and open arms from other people? Or because I, as, as I understand, there, over the years or over the decades, there has been some apprehension about officially embracing this log, but what was that initial reaction from other people in the, at the administration level? Uh, bewilderment. People hadn't thought about it. People, you know, everyone knew the history of administration declaring we were going to be the sea lions when we became an NCAA uh, member back in uh, 1980. And, uh, you know, you need a mascot. You can't just, you know, show up and not have some type of mascot. And so, you know, true to fashion, our student body, we're like sea lions, we don't like that. And and so for a long time, we've been the unofficial and then the official banana slugs. Uh, but it, it got more with me asking questions, where'd we get this strong slug? Like we're using this strong slug, this really masculine, you know, gunned out image. Where, where'd that come from? Because it's not protected, it's not trademarked, nobody really knew the story. Uh, and so I asked more questions about that. And all I did was get more people who either didn't know, didn't care, had a problem with it and wanted to fix it. Uh, but nobody really wanted to go, you know, had the uh, interest to go down that road. And I had an interest and in, uh, that we needed to go as a department, we needed to go down that road. Yeah, and what's interesting is that even though it seems that you started by questioning the the Strong's log, you know, it's still there, right? Like that's part of a, sort of a legacy mark that you're gonna still be using. Um, was that part of uh, what you found along the process that it needed to stay? Or from the beginning, you knew like, this, this is so unique that we sort of have to keep it some way or another. I looked at it this way, you know, 2020, it's 40 years that we've been using uh, we've been an NCAA team and we've been the banana slugs and we've had all these variations and we've, I don't, you know, we've lived with the strong slug for this period of time. And uh, UC Santa Cruz has over a hundred thousand alumni. And so that, that image means something to some people, good and bad, you know, they favor it. They, they don't like it at all. Uh, you know, there's student athletes that were very successful and really identify their experience to that image. 
so we wanted to, and you, you can't erase history. So it made sense that at some point in the future for alumni engagement and for fundraising and for um, nostalgia and, you know, we're, we're creating history. So Sky, how did you get involved? Uh, how did you get roped into this? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of the convergence of a couple of different things. So for one, um, we had really been pretty experienced in the sport uh, branding world for about 15 years now. So just through our experience at that level, it really built up our reputation. But also, as Sue alluded to, when we worked with, with her and her team at Bates uh, many years back, that was the chance for us to connect personally. So you kind of take our reputation in the industry combined with the relationship we developed with Sue. So when she started her position at the school, uh, it, was a, it was a natural uh, transition to bring us in for the project. And we couldn't have been more thrilled to take a lead on that and partner with them. When you think about UC Santa Cruz, there's, it really is the original unique college mascot, probably the most famous, unique, uh, famous college mascot. So it had always kind of been on our uh, radar in that sense, but to be, it's, it's all about timing. And so when, when Sue arrived and, and brought us in, it really was the perfect opportunity to be able to, to finally bring it to life. Not to pry too much, but were you the only uh, design firm considered for the job or was it a formal proposal where you still had to prove your, uh, you know, that you were the right person for the job? Uh, I'm still not totally in the loop with exactly what went on behind the scenes. All I know is Sue reached out, asked if we were interested. I said, of course, we'd love to partner with you. And a year later, once they were able to iron out all the details on their end and were ready to, to take those initial steps to begin the process, she reached out again and said, hey, are you ready to go? And you know, the answer was yes. So uh, she could probably speak a little bit more to the, the formal process. But as far as putting together a, you know, an RFP or a proposal, none of that was involved. It was really just putting forth our track record of work and um, to give her the, uh, to equip her with what she needed to uh, basically get buy-in from the administration. And I, I can speak to that a little bit. You know, obviously at a state university, you just don't, you know, call up your friends and hire them. Uh, and so because I did initially immediately reach out to Sky because I had worked with him, we had a relationship. Uh, he was on the East Coast. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm on the West Coast, but he still has industry knowledge. And so... We touched base and we talked, and then it was uh, more than a year later. Uh, during that year, it was, we need to bring together a committee. We need to talk to all the you know, um, stakeholders on campus. Uh, we need to vet other uh, universities. And so I started looking at other Division three schools in California who had recently done a design. I liked some of their designs, so I looked to see what company you know, did that design and contacted probably more than five initially. Uh, so we narrowed it down to three different um, companies who are all interested and all submitted, you know, a price sheet and a very, you know, kind of simple, this is what we can do and what we can't do. And then we internally, the committee had a variety of uh, examples, because this is the beauty of what we do. It's like, you can go to you can bring up every conference, every division, one, two, three. You can, you can pick up and look at anybody's work because it's out there. And so, and I really left it up to the committee. And so as the committee talked and met and we went back and forth and round and round, a year later, it was like, well, here's all the pros and cons of all these different, but ultimately, Sue, it really should be your decision. Uh, it should be your decision on you know, uh, who you think is best, who you want to work with, you know, so on and so forth. 
And so again, I wanted to be very fair and very uh, thoughtful about it. And at that point, uh, we had some staff changes and Clinton came on board and it was kind of like, I'm gonna pass this project and this baby on to you. And that if you can start kind of talking with the committee and, and really weighing the, the pros and cons of what to go with. And while he was doing that, this was one of the deciding factors for me is that I came from Maine to California and Santa Cruz is a very unique place. And so each day and month and year that I was there, uh, my perspective of changes, right? You get more custom, you take things for granted, things like that. And I felt that I had this responsibility to the university to be able to have someone come in and design this famous logo with a perspective that was fresh, new, uncharted territory. We weren't gonna do it in three months behind closed doors with a small committee. We had to do it broadly over a long period of time. We had to involve all of our students. It was gonna be very unconventional. And so I didn't feel like a company in California or in Arizona was gonna have that perspective. And so I thought, you know what? I want someone that has never even been to Santa Cruz uh, and have them come and go like, wow, okay. Uh, Cause for every day that you're there, you get more and more entrenched in the beauty and in the uh, uniqueness of it all. And so I thought that was ultimately the deciding factor. And so I thought, you know what? I want to go with somebody who can, who, who's going to be unconventional, who's going to have the same awe and get to know uh, the creative process and do something that's never been done before. I think it was important to have somebody who's never been here before take on that. So ultimately, that's what I said. And the committee was all in agreement. And that's when we were like, okay, great. And here's the timeline. And here's how we're going to work it out. And so let's call them up and hire them. Well, that is amazing insight and probably a lot more than either me or Sky expected to hear from that question. And I, and I asked it not, not to be a gossip, but I think it's uh, for most designers, it's, uh, it's still the most mysterious thing. How do you get a client? And especially something as fun sounding as the UC Santa Cruz Bananas log. So I think that just illustrates how there is a, there's, a, there's both a lot to the process and in the end, not so much in that you're just going going with what feels right. So um, the fact that you're all standing here with smiles on your faces, I think you did make the right choice. So Clint, you, you get brought in and uh, Sue tells you that you're going to do this process in a way that is not that is not the usual in that you're going to take feedback from the public, the alumni, the students, uh, the committee members for each phase of the project. When you were deciding to do this, what were the pros and cons of doing it this way? Yeah, there were a number of them. Um, I guess starting with the uh, the cons, you know, it's like we're putting ourselves at the mercy of the community, you know. So it's like we were really honest with ourselves, like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna let them help us decide this thing. And we had to live with whatever they voted on. Um, so it, it, that was, you know, certainly a risk to the process. Um, and we had to kind of just, you know, it's, it's almost like um, it, it's an overspoken phrase anymore, this whole like trust the process kind of thing. But that's, that's really what, what we needed to do, um, which might be perceived as a con. 
but when you look at the flip side of it, in terms of how we came to adopt the banana slug in the first place, it was really all about a grassroots effort and like the students organizing themselves to want to uh, adopt the banana slug and going to administration and, and voting on it in a referendum. So we wanted to try and be as, as honest and, uh, and, and really call back to that process. Uh, so, so that's the big pro to it is like, we're, we're trying to match what happened back in the, in the eighties when we first adopted the banana slug. And I think that that pro like significantly outweighed the con, um, for the opportunity for us to, to match that process in a new way. Right. Cause you know, obviously the technology is way different and the, the, the climate on campus is way different. Um, but those are the, the two biggest pros and cons for sure. And did at any point were you thinking about, you know, how easy it is for whenever there's a redesign for a university, whether it's at the academic level or the athletic level, that there's usually a really big, you know, negative reaction to the change. And you know, there's a, I, th I don't think there's any industry where this happens as often as in universities where, you know, you go through the process, you unveil the logo, and then people just hate it. And it's on Twitter, uh, there's change.org petitions. Was that even part of the, the decision-making process that, you know, we want to appease that so that when we release this, we are not faced with that aspect of, of the public appreciation? Yeah, let me, let me answer that because Think about it. It's a banana slug. It's a, a yellow worm. The phallicness of all of it, the uh, color of it. Um, during that year that we were looking at other companies and I'm looking at other schools, obviously I'm paying attention to every school that comes out with a redesign. And there was a school back east that, you know, they went through their process and here's our new logo. And it was like a female genitalia, you know, and it was like, Oh my God. And they had to scratch the whole mark, throw out all, you know, and lost all that money. And I'm like, wow. And I'm, you know, and here I'm working with a, a slug. If, if there's not a challenge 101 for graphic designers, uh, it would be working with something with no arms, no legs, not a face, uh, hermaphrodite. Like it, there is, this was going to be difficult. And we weren't, we were going to take a difficult image and try to do something that no one's done with it before and be unconventional about it and then leave it for public opinion. It's like, are we out of our minds? We don't have a regular mascot. It's not an eagle or a, a bison or a gopher. It's like, this is gonna be hard. And so doesn't it make sense uh, to involve 18,000 college students and alumni of an unconventional place? There is a tremendous amount of sticking your neck out there and so, uh, that's why I was like, I'd rather have this take three years and get it as right as we can than try to rush it because of money, because of that's what everybody else does. And, and you have to know your audience, right? And so we knew our audience and our audience needed to decide and be part of the process. As nervous as I was about it, I had faith that we were doing the right thing. Wow. Um, so, so Sky, you are presenting this minefield of a mascot where every, every little decision can go wrong with any minor gesture that you do the wrong way or size the wrong size, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, there's this whole process that's going to be in the open, uh, which is, I think, the, is one of the most uncomfortable thoughts for any designer or design firm. What why why did you do it man <laughs> <laughs> no it's a great question you know honestly 
our approach is always about meeting our clients wherever they are. It's less about us and it's all about them. Uh, we obviously have the expertise and the track record in the industry to be able to deliver and have the confidence to deliver no matter the circumstances. I feel like the best results come when you really put yourself fully in your client's shoes. And the beauty of branding and something I, that just really inspires me every day is the fact that everybody's brand, everybody's story, their purpose, their identity, it's all different. That's what makes branding so special. So to think that you're going to use the same exact approach with every single client just isn't realistic. And it's something that we've really been intentional about embracing over the years is yes, we have our core checkpoints we're trying to achieve. You know, we're trying to learn about the client during our discover phase, we're identifying strategies and recommendations in our defined phase. Then we're designing in a collaborative way. But who says that has to look the same and be packaged the same with every single project? And so it might be perceived as being uncomfortable. In our essence, it, from our perspective, it's actually something we really get a lot of energy and excitement from is the idea that every project is different. And so rarely would you ever have a chance to do a project like this. So for myself, and I know speaking on behalf of the rest of our team, as soon as this project you know, came across our desk, I sat down with Sue. We had our initial meeting during, during uh, the summer last year, during my initial visit to campus. And we just kind of hashed it out and just thinking about it from a broader perspective, learning about the history of the school, learning about how they arrived at this incredibly iconic mascot through such an incredible process so many years before, you have to have an open mind about how you approach it. And so doing it in this, in this manner and keeping people engaged through, through the process like we did it ensured that there would be a sense of ownership once we did arrive at the, at the final product, because it's never about us as a firm. We're simply interpreters of whatever the client's vision is. And in this particular instance, the best way to gain buy-in was to make everybody feel like they had a voice, make everyone feel like they were involved. And that was a way to really ensure that the final product was really a true reflection of the, you know, the collective voice of the entire university community. Right. And speaking to that collective voice, um, I was looking through some of the PDFs as you, as you were posting the different faces and how you included the actual polling numbers and the number of votes. And to me, it's like a good amount of votes. I would I would have imagined that maybe 100 people would vote, but you were getting like 2000 votes on certain things. Uh, and maybe this is a question for both you and Clint. Were you expecting this kind of traction? Did you want more? Did you want less, perhaps? Um, or was this sort of, uh, kind of like the sweet spot in terms of involvement from the community? From As somebody who works on the, on the committee to like try and elicit those survey responses, I was always setting the goal too high. You know, I want to get 3,000 survey respondents and then when we only get 2,500, it's like, oh man. So we really wanted, we always wanted to get more survey responses. I don't think we ever could have gotten enough of that uh, because it, what it does is create a better sample size for us. Uh, now, as far as the amount of survey responses we got, at the end of the day, it was like over 18,000 survey respondents, responses, I should say. Uh, so there was plenty of input from across multiple um, populations on our campus, students, faculty, alumni, and even some members of the community got involved towards the end. Um, you know, so I, I think we had an appropriate amount of community involvement, considering that was our intention. Uh, but I would have always liked to see more, you know, part of this campaign was also just about raising awareness of our department and what we offered for the, our campus. So, you know, it, it served a couple different purposes there. Um, and I, I think it, this campaign helped put our department back on the map 
for, for our community. Yeah, so it almost becomes a project in itself to manage the, that input and, and get people excited about it because it's easy for people to say, like, do whatever you want. Uh, but it seems like part of the, the reason why you went this way is because I think you expected that you would get that involvement, that students would be into the idea of contributing to this in one way or another. Sky, you designed in the first round 18 different slogs and presented like 10 different uh, word marks. Like that's a lot. Um, was that, well, is that just uh, natural for how you approach the first round? Or was it just that with this being in the open, the more options that people saw, the more engagement you would have? Whenever we start a project, we always assess what makes the most sense for a client. We try to give them flexibility with the amount of directions we present. A lot of times a client might have a very specific vision for what their needs are. When we worked with Sue and Bates, they, they knew specifically, we just need our same Bobcat mascot, but just updated. So we really just honed in on three initial concepts for that particular project because that's what made sense. In this case, we're trying to essentially create an identity for the first time ever for college's most unique mascot and doing it in a public forum where we don't necessarily have the freedom and the nimbleness to go back and forth with the client, you know, multiple times each week or each month, like you would typically um, with a, a lower profile process. So when you took all that into account and you, and you, and we were considering their ideal launch date, which was June 5th when they had their spring sports awards banquet, we had four months to work with and we had to do it all in a public forum and we had to somehow ensure that we would arrive at a place that felt like it was the right solution as Sue mentioned, but that didn't feel like we shortchanged the process. And so based on our particular format, doing a public vote, as we started working through initial concepts, the initial idea was to present 10 fonts and 10 slugs. In our mind, that would be sufficient. That would be a great way to show a full spectrum of ideas. And as our team, of designers and myself were working through these initial concepts, it was, there were so many different things that we're trying to balance based on the input that we received during the discover phase in the fall that, I mean, there's so many different ways you can interpret, interpret a slug and knowing we didn't want to shortchange the process. We kind of made an executive decision at the, at the end of that first round to say, Hey, let's just present more. It's, it almost becomes a process of elimination when you present it in a public vote like that. So, it ended up being the best approach I think possible because it really gave us a chance to not only showing that full spread gave people a confidence in the direction we ultimately chose that we were thorough and we were thoughtful and we explored the full range. In addition, it gave everyone a chance to identify with a really specific interpretation of a slug. There were so many different opinions that the more concepts we showed, the greater the probability was that you would have something no matter who you were, when you saw that spread of 18 slugs, you'd be able to identify with one. And that was a huge part of our objective at the beginning was to make people feel included, to give them a voice and to empower them throughout the process. So that was kind of the rationale as, as we went through the process. What was the hardest thing about designing these things? Because they're so, they're slugs. Like they, you know, the most uh, distinctive thing about them is that they're slugs. So what was the hardest part about it? Yeah, I think Sue did a great job articulating the, <laughs> the inherent challenges that come with this particular mascot. First and foremost, something that immediately came to the surface during our research uh, in the fall was there was a large contingent of respondents that felt like if you're going to have a crazy mascot like a banana slug, it needs to have a personality. It needs to have 
some type of caricature to represent it. On the other hand, you had a huge contingent of individuals who felt like one of the the beauties of the banana slug is its anatomy and what makes it so distinctive is its four antenna. And let's really play that up. And so when you take that into consideration, you're really, I mean, there's everything, you know, in the full range of creative options that kind of fall in there, which again was another justification and rationale behind us going with so many initial concepts. You know, the idea behind this was to do this once to do it right. And that was a way to ensure that we were really, again, very thorough with the process as we began the exploration, again, I give huge credit to our team who really have an eye for that type of detail, the anatomy, and take pride in the idea of trying to thread this needle creatively. And by far the most challenging element was how do we create a personality while still being anatomically accurate with eyes on the end of the antenna? You obviously want to be taken seriously as an athletic and recreation department. You've got student athletes that are competing and that's a very obviously a serious endeavor for them. At the same time, you want to honor the sense of uh, whimsicalness and personality that comes with a banana slug. So that idea of how do we stay true to the anatomy without, you know, going into any of these off roads that could be perceived uh, inappropriately, but also feel like we're staying true to the the true form of the slug. So by far, it was how do we connote personality, the antennas, the eye, the face. That was that was by far the most uh, challenging part of that initial round. Well, you definitely nailed it, and I can't. It seems like an, almost like an impossible challenge. <laughs> so, like, really, it's a, it's an impressive feat. And what's interesting about looking at at the results from the first round of presentation is that whatever got the highest percentage of votes, that's what you went with, and. Throughout the process, did you just go by the numbers and just pay, you know, whatever got the most votes, that's where you were headed? Or were there ever any moments where we were just like, the numbers are wrong, we have to go in this way? The whole idea behind the process was really to be all in with this inclusive popular vote approach. I think the minute you waver from that, you lose the trust of the community. And so that was a decision we made last summer when we began the process was from start to finish, whether it's during the research polling or when it's actually in the design phase, we're always going to honor the the majority, the consensus of the community. And that's just something we had to basically trust throughout. There were a couple of key junctures where we had to make decisions as to far as as far as how much we cut and how many options we eliminated, where do you draw that cut line? That became a little bit subjective, but knowing that we had four months to work through the creative process, we essentially took the mindset of if we can trim the field of candidates in half each round, that's a way where we can arrive at two final concepts for that final ballot in May. And that's essentially how it played out. It was almost like our version of March Madness, if you will, where each month we were trimming the field of candidates in half. Yes, and it's really amazing how from the beginning you can see that the top vote getters is what what made it through till the end. Like that's you can see the seed of the final design from the very beginning through the percentages. So uh, it's really interesting that you just committed to the to the voting and that it yielded a, a, an, an amazing result um, because it could easily have gone haywire. So in the end, you know, you have. You have all this process. It's all very well documented from start to finish uh, so that when you reveal the logo, in case of emergency, you can break out this whole thing and say, like, look, 
we showed it to the students, we showed it to alumni, we showed it to the committee, and this is what they chose. And, you know, as you mentioned, like you really committed to it. So there was no, there's really no room for doubt that you listened. In the end, even with all this at your disposal, what was the reaction to the new logo once, once you unveiled it? All we've gotten is great feedback. You know, you're always going to have uh, the critics. And that was part of why I wanted to go through the process. Because love it, hate it. If you, if you didn't know about it and you didn't know that you had the option to participate in it, uh, we want to know kind of where that rock is uh, and enlighten you as to that we went through this big process. And then I think as unconventional and as out there and as difficult and as crazy and as many ways as it could have gone wrong or we lost control of it or whatever, a lot of people don't realize that a, a banana slug is an actual real creature. So we had the boundaries of this real creature who has a real job. Uh, and that job is eating all the fungi uh, around the base of the trees of the redwoods. That David and Goliath kind of like there, there's this real creature doing real work for these giants that are in one place in the world. And that's what our students are doing. Our students are at UC Santa Cruz and they're, uh, they're studying marine uh, biology and trying to clean up the oceans. And we're trying to cure cancer and we're discovering new galaxies in the sky. And so it's like, we're doing all these great things and we're humble about it. And you know we have no known predators, we're, we're not, competing with anybody, we're doing great things. And we're unique and we do it in our own way and we're unconventional, uh, but it's real. Uh, so that boundary, I think the uh, purpose of a banana slug in real life, it was grounding. And that was kind of like the roots of all of it. So as crazy as things could get, there was still a truth to all of it. Like there was still a place that we knew no matter what you did, we were still going to end up in, in a good place. We didn't know what the place was going to look like, but it wasn't going to be some fantasy. It was going to be something uh, real. And I love that it came out real good. My next question was going to be, how happy are you with the design? But from that answer, you're clearly very happy with where you arrived at, not just in terms of the design, but I think telling the story of the mascot that is so special and unique to UC Santa Cruz. So uh, I know you're happy. Sky, are you happy with uh, with how this turned out? Definitely, yeah, no. So we couldn't be more thrilled. And I think, I mean, it's, it's why we love doing what we do, you know, is, is being able to serve our clients, meet their needs and, and really exceed their expectations in a lot of ways. And like I said, each project we approach with an open mind. And the beauty of this project was there was so many opportunities to do it in a fresh way. To kind of piggyback off of what Sue was uh, mentioning, the key to this entire process was defining a strategy that was completely comprehensive and that would identify with anybody within the UC Santa Cruz community. And so, uh, as she mentioned, there were certain parameters where the story of the slug, there was an authenticity that had to be honored in that sense. And it was just kind of, how do we go about interpreting that? But when you think about the slug in the ecosystem, it really does take on this heroic persona in a lot of ways, in the same way that anyone who's connected to the University of California, Santa Cruz really is uh, on their own personal mission in life. And the campus is really kind of this incubator for where those identities and those dreams and those missions come to life. And so we, that needed to be the essence of the overall mark. It could have looked like a number of different things, but overall, the, the persona needed to feel like it was confident, it was focused, it was on a mission, 
but it was also having fun doing it. And it was in the context of its Redwood home. So once we establish that strategy, the creative takes care of itself. And so that's where when we arrive at the conclusion of the project, you're asking me how we feel about the final product, going through the process the way that we did, arriving where we did, it's a reflection of the full uh, community. So from our eyes, that's a success. Probably one of the greatest things is that we don't have football. Uh, and so anytime, but our mascot's famous, so it gets invited to all professional, division one, all kinds of mascot type of gatherings. And so every year we go up to Levi Stadium uh, with all the professional and division one mascot playoff and they have all these signing ahead. We always get invited. And so we show up and, you know, we walk around with banana slugs and there are people screaming from the stands, go slugs. Uh, yeah, banana slugs. Uh, how could I get that shirt? And everyone can be our fan uh, because we don't have a football team. So you can be whatever mascot fan that you went to school or that you're uh, a fan of because where you live, but everyone can be um, a fan of the banana slugs. And I'm, I'm very thankful and very grateful and thrilled with the results and all of the work that we did with Sky Design and with his team. And so it's been a great partnership. I think everyone's really bought into it and everyone's really proud of it. And, you know, I can't wait to send you uh, some type of gear that has it on there. Uh, so you can say that you're a friend of uh, Banana Slugs as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the banana slugs, and uh, it's just it really is hard. Like you mentioned, there's uh, it's hard to not like it. Like it's such a genuine, authentic, unique thing that, in parallel to not having a football team, which means you don't have a big rivalry and no one hates you. So, and it's also impossible to hate the final logo just because it's so full of energy and optimism and i think what's wonderful about it now listening to the story is how how that mark reflects the uh the culture and the vibe of the university and you know i think if you had done the process the regular old-fashioned way of uh, you know three months behind closed doors and reveal something i don't think you would have gotten to what you arrived at which is something that reflects the student body the alumni as well as the this damn cute banana slug that only exists there so uh a really big it's a really big feat and it was a, it, it was a joy to review that project and also see the reactions from the people on our on uh, from the comments on our website and i want to thank you sky and, and sue for your time clint had to leave uh, the call unfortunately but uh, again congratulations on the project on the process on sticking to the poll results and going by the numbers and how amazing it was that that led to such a wonderful result so thank you again sky and sue for joining me on the follow-up my pleasure Armin. it's our pleasure go slow What a process. Can you imagine your design directions being driven by more than 18,000 votes? Well, in a way now you can, thanks to Sky Design, who took on this unconventional process along with a very committed client team. And if in the end, they could design such an amazing set of logos, based on a banana slug no less, the rest of us don't really have any excuses to nail down our next assignment. Lastly, to echo Sue's closing statement, go slugs. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there.